Welcome to Service Desk. I'm Andrew. I'm Kim. And today with us, we have part of the Bombarded crew. Hey. Hello. Are, are you saying part because one of them is injured now and is leaking <laughs> yeah. part of their lifeblood? While we were setting up, Spurrier injured his finger and is now bleeding all over the table. Not all over, just like a little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, it's it's uh, it's me, Goodrich. Me, Spurrier. And uh, yeah, we're part of Bombarded and also the band Linby, who's the band behind Bombarded. And uh, thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. They are here to tell us a little bit about what it takes to record all that good, good music they make. Spoilers. It's not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you too can become a bard. <laughs> uh, you're the experts here. You're supposed to make it, you know, sound oh, like, yes. insane and hard. And Yes, we record Bombarded in a multi-million dollar studio in the heart of L.A. <laughs> it's uh, it's the only way to properly be a bard. It's true. <laughs> so, no, 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 it's it's really not. But yes, more on that. In Later. a bit. Film, film at 11. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, how was your day? Any of you? Well, it, you know, I, I've i just recently actually gotten back from Japan. Whoa. Oh, yeah, I, I, it was amazing. I, I took a 17-day a trip there. Dang. And uh, best food of my life. Oh, really? I have to say. Yeah, hands down. I, And it's not just like fish and noodles. Right? <laughs> Anything you want there, they have that's better than what we have here. <laughs> but one of the biggest things that stood out to me was like the... Uh, People in bigger cities know the idea of convenience stores. Mm, sure. You know, just like the Seven Elevens, things that are just like your little mini supermarkets and basically a gas station without the gas. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. 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 You get your burned coffee, your <laughs> oh. hot dogs on rollers, Ooh. stuff like that. Ooh. Roller dog. It, yeah. Yeah, right. I used to live on it, roller dogs. Oh, yeah. they're so good. Or the tornadoes or whatever they call yeah. them. Yes. Yeah. yeah, back when I was working at the music shop, that's uh, that was a quick lunch right there. It was like five bucks. It was I, awesome. I'm impressed you're well, still Japan, alive. Good job. <laughs> yeah. You, in Japan, that $5 would have gotten you like gourmet level food. Dang. Yeah. Like it was oh, just dang. insane that just the convenience store, you know, the cheapest of the cheap. Like it was just awesome. But. Well, welcome back. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was a good trip. Um. But yeah, so I've just been trying to get reaccustomed to to work <laughs> after not working for that long, you know. And yeah, do they have a, a bunch of like wild Kit Kat flavors? That's one of the things I've heard about Japan. They did, they have... and I brought back a few. I, I brought back. Yes. Uh, I brought back one. So I thought I just brought back normal green tea, mm-hmm. but apparently they have like ten different green tea flavors. What? Of course they do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I brought back the green tea flavor that's supposed to be 10 times the green tea flavor. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I like it a lot because I like yeah. tea. But all my what? coworkers are like, this tastes like soil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like Kit Kats with green tea leaves in the middle or something. Uh, you could actually like see little flakes. So oh, I'm wondering if awesome. they don't. Ooh. But then I also brought back a chestnut, which I'm excited to try. I haven't nice. cracked it open yet. Very cool. I I was looking for sake flavored ones, but I didn't see them. Sake. I'm, yeah. I'm split on that. That could go really well or really not well. <laughs> it's very true. But what about you, Kim? Uh, well, today was a bit crazy, but uh, for the most part, I didn't have much to do with it, so that was good. People in my department had like 
outages that I didn't have to deal with. And I just kind of sat back and watched the chaos unfold. It was nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Our internet went down at work yesterday. Oh, but no. I worked from home yesterday. So it was all good. I. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. did you have to do any work? Uh, yes, I did. But, you mm-hmm. know, it was a. Uh, it was it was exciting. Our heater also uh, broke in the house, so, and it was yeah. it was funny. Well, it's not not funny, haha. I guess, but like interesting how the uh, <laughs> the uh, temperature in Texas for the first time this fall or winter. I don't really know what it is. It means fall, but yeah, yeah it's it, gonna drop. It, in Texas, it just the weather does what it wants and doesn't care. So <laughs> it it got down to like twenty six the past couple of days, <gasps> and it was like. Of course it does. The like when we try to turn the heater on and like everything's broken, but it's all fixed. It's all good now. Well, I kind of have some uh, interesting news I ran across. Oh, really? Yeah. So I found out, and I've been waiting for this to happen, and uh, I'm kind of excited to see it start now. The FCC is starting to auction the 5G spectrum. Ooh. What does that mean, Andrew? Uh, it, it means that you're gonna, your your wireless internet is going to be really, 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 really fast. Ooh. Yeah. You're going to be able to stream your full TV service, like YouTube and like 20 other different services at one time to your TV or your phone while you're sitting on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Like, just the, what 5G is able to do is really impressive. Uh, to kind of give you an idea of, like, how big it is, so to speak, yeah. uh, it basically is more bandwidth or more spectrum than everything else by all wireless services currently combined. Dang. Um, so if you know a little bit about, like, how our spectrum is divided up, like, the the U.S. government's like, okay, Verizon, you can use this part you know, these frequencies. Uh And then Comcast, you can use these frequencies. Yeah, the 5G that's going to be auctioned off over the next, like, year Mm -hmm. is, like, bigger than all of those combined. So, and right now, that's, like, a hotly debated, like, auction area where people are just fighting tooth and nail to get a sliver. So I'm I'm really excited to see what's going to come from this. Hmm. It'll be be fun. Yeah, because I know, like, that's... That's kind of been in the works, hasn't it? Because like it's been tested in other countries or something like that. I don't know. I feel yeah, like they, I saw they kind 5G of demoed it. Uh, yeah, I think South Korea has been using it a lot. And of then, course, uh, they have. Yeah, yeah. during <laughs> the, the Olympics, up, they're on the up yeah. and up. So right, they're the actual IT leaders, it seems. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and that is pretty exciting because I definitely hear that that's going to be one of the gateways into making streaming gaming and all this and like you know like oh i'm out on a trip i can just i don't have to bring my console with me i can just stream it on my phone because it's ridiculously fast now mm-hmm. so yeah so those yeah kind of no you're, you're awesome. literally going to be able to do that without any lag really i mean i think they said that you could stream like 5g video mm-hmm. oh wow that yeah is which awesome. is just mind-blowing to me i look forward so. to playing fallout 76 on my phone that'll be great right <laughs> yeah exactly awesome gonna be great I- yeah. Very cool. But that's that's about all I had for the news. So yeah. So why don't we just start with uh, who are you guys and what do you do? Oh geez. <laughs> After you. Big question. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Spray and I have known each other forever. It seems basically twenty years now. Jeez, so, yeah. really? Uh, yeah. Uh, ish. Should do something about that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, so we've been, uh, both of us were in band when we started middle school. I played saxophone, Sprayer played trombone. Yep. Uh, we started a band freshman year of high school mm-hmm. when we started yep. that. Um, and Sprayer had been playing piano since you were, what, six or something? Uh, eight. Eight, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, but you played bass. At the time, at the, yeah. At, the, at yeah. first, and then I played guitar, and eventually, over time, we won't, won't bore you with the entire history of Lindby. It became the band became Lindby, and um, we've gone through a ton of other musicians who, especially <laughs> drummers. This. Yeah, drummers are is the Lindby curse. Very that's, kind of Spinal Tap esque. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's I, we always I have to ask. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The band that you first created. Yes. Did the genre that describes it have the word alternative or funk or uh, like punk in the name? No. no, I, no. You know, I, I, what would you describe Five in the Eye? As? <laughs> um, I don't even really know. It's just kind of poppy, really. Yeah. I mean, we we I mean, we still love the Beatles, but even back then we were like discovering the Beatles and like discovering like the makeup of their songs, learning and how to play them, just playing them in the garage and stuff. Yeah, and we sure. would play Hey Jude like over and over, <laughs> and like my parents would just it was it left such an impact on them that during like their speech at my wedding, like they brought up, oh, and then there's Hey Jude in the garage. Yeah. With us just screaming the na na nas for like twenty minutes. And <laughs> it was like, yeah. But yeah, so I don't know. It was it's probably like Poppy trying to be the Beatles and Ben Folds at the same time sort of thing. Um but it was fun and we've met a lot of people. We met Kyle and Allie uh, in college probably what would you say junior year junior year I yeah via via choir yeah so they Allie was in choir with us and then she was like oh my boyfriend kyle plays bass and it'd be super cool as if you uh you know had him play bass with you guys so we did and the rest is history pretty much we have been playing as lindby ever since we started uh bombarded oh boy last august that's when the show came out we'd, pr- we'd probably been working on the concept and all the stuff for six to eight months prior uh, just working all the stuff longer. out yeah yeah so it was actually spawned from uh linby like kind of recording song making session and we were all like totally drained on making music and kyle was like dude we should play dungeons and dragons and we we're like oh yeah it'd be great <laughs> and uh and kyle had been listening had been listening to sneak attack and the adventure zone and thought they were freaking awesome because they are yeah. yeah and uh yeah and so uh he had characters for us that he had made, and Sprayer, you had just requested that you be a bard. No, right? he just gave it to oh, me. Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He just picked that I was a bard. I was yeah. like, all right, cool. So uh, Sprayer had a little thumb piano, and so whenever he would do bard spells, you, you would like kind of mimic it on the thumb piano and like make little ditties. And we're like, man, that's so cool. I want to do that and be a bard and play instruments. And we were like, but wait. But wait, we can. So. We can do that. And then what <laughs> if we all were bards? And then what if we recorded it? Yeah, and, and and the accord the accord dice that we use had been I'd had them for forever years and years and years. It's like oh well, let's just factor those in and the whole game game of chance that Dungeons and Dragons is. Let's just make that as musically factored in as possible. Yeah. So, and we had like you know talked about using the accord dice on stage as some sort of aleatoric kind of chance music rock and roll show <laughs> but it was like oh man like i don't think anyone's gonna be into that like no who knows maybe they will be it's basically just jazz but you know not as exciting really not as solid <laughs> yeah. yeah so but yeah so we started it and we've been having a blast i mean can't really believe how it's kind of 
uh, taken on this life that it has now. So, um, but yeah, and I mean, I was totally prepared for it because like I have all the equipment to record and we all had instruments. And, well, and that's what you did in school. Right. Yeah. And I'd been doing it for Linby, you know, ever since. So I was like, okay, this is actually not easier, but it's, you know, I don't have to set up mics on a drum kit and stuff and mic sure. up an acoustic guitar and whatnot. So it's like, oh yeah, I can just keep it all set up in the house. Nice. Or studio, I guess. Yep. So uh, but yeah, that's it. That's that's uh that's us in a nutshell. So you you kinda mentioned uh here, you know, you're you're recording right now from a studio. You work mm-hmm. in a studio. Would you say someone just starting out, you know, basics of recording, they want to get into it. Do you need a studio? What does a impromptu no. studio? Yeah, you don't need a studio at all. I just kind of have happened to amass gear over the years that have necessitated at least part of a room to be a studio. Um, so but what if you're does just, a beginner setup look like? Yeah, yeah so a beginner setup, honestly, is a computer and a USB microphone. I mean, is honestly all that you need and uh i I, i've heard travis mcelroy talking about how you know you just go in your closet and honestly that's a great idea like because you know (laughs) something to kind of deaden the sound around you yeah uh is really good especially if if you know you don't have like anything like you know acoustic paneling or you know a a studio like you were saying to kind of deaden all the ambient sound around you Mm um yeah a laptop a usb microphone and a closet and you're pretty much set and a golden idea for a podcast i guess so uh, because I mean, I don't, I don't know. I come from kind of the school of thought, kind of the way that I've learned and was taught is that like you can have like the most expensive, nicest gear of all time. And if you mm-hmm. don't know how to use it, then it's kind of useless, but you can do a lot with a hundred dollar microphone and the know-how to, you know, get a good sound and then process it properly. And, um, it's kind of a lot of the, you know, being a musician too is kind of the same way where it's like you don't have to have the nicest thing to at least play something and you know get you know, a good it, sound yeah I, I keep seeing that whenever we talk to specialists and whenever you know interact with people out in the real world right and you know i talk to people who are really big into one hobby and that's like with my photography interest you know you could take amazing photos with a point and shoot oh yeah, yeah. oh Absolutely. yeah it, all the gear does is it makes it easier for you to take consistently good photos. Right. Mm -hmm. So I can imagine it's kind of the same way where having good gear isn't necessarily needed, but it just makes it easier to do your job and easier to do your, your hobby. Yeah. Well, and for us, I mean, our kind of situation kind of necessitates more than your average setup just because there's four of us in a room, we're all playing instruments. And so there's a lot happening. Um, in our show and in kind of what we do. And it's, it's basically like being a band and a radio show at the same time and <laughs> doing it at the same time. So, and that's awesome and fine and fun, but it definitely means, you know, okay, I need to think about like having an interface and maybe a preamp and maybe like a, you know, all the other sort of things that start to get into studio land, um, sure. you know, like having microphones that are really um, directional so that it you know doesn't pick up sound off access and all the other sort of things that come into like, okay, I have a mic, but now I want to do this. So what's the next step? Okay, now I want to have guests. So what's the next step? And that's basically happened to us, but over the course of what, 10 years or something uh, like roughly, that. Roughly, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's been like, okay, like we can actually just do this thing because we've been preparing for it <laughs> unintentionally for a decade, so... 
That's really cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you have a good USB microphone and a com- decent computer laptop, you're good to go. So what do you record into? Do you just play your guitar for the microphone and record that onto like uh, Audacity or? Well, no, the way that we kind of do it, um, is all of the instruments that we have except for special occasions like kyle played the ukulele in an episode recently and acoustic guitar and um i played acoustic guitar thing in like the first couple of episodes but uh, ever since then to make it easy we uh, record everything directly into our interface or preamp so um, guitars and keyboards have what's called a line level signal. Well, if a guitar goes into like a pod or like some sort of effects box or processor, um, it comes out as like a guitar cable, you know, uh, kind of looking. It's called a fourth inch jack. And uh, okay. it goes directly into the preamp so that the only, the only thing that you hear, uh, like if you're just listening in the room, is just like the strumming of a guitar like an electric guitar without an amp and then you know just the sound of playing on keys Mm. then the drums are a drum machine so it's the same way so all of that just goes straight into the interface and then we hear it in our headphones so that it doesn't make a lot of noise like out on the table Um, which is really handy when you know we're singing and stuff and there's no bleed it kind of isolates everything so that when I'm processing it later and mixing it and everything, uh, I don't have a lot of, you know, bleed from vocals and stuff. I basically have an isolated drum, guitar, bass, and keyboard track, and it makes it really nice so that I don't have to be like, oh, well, nuts, like there's all this bleed from vocals or like when I'm singing, you know, there's, oh, there's all this bleed from the guitar or whatever, which actually there is kind of some bleed from the electric guitar just because it's, the nature of it you can just kind of hear it just like the little plinkety sound i would play it for you but again all, all of our stuff is on the other side of the room uh but uh but yeah so all the instruments go directly in and then all the uh mics you know just record like mics do and then we record it all into uh um what's called a like an interface which if you want to record multiple tracks on your computer you need what's called a interface, like an audio interface, which basically takes the sound from one or more microphones and then, you know, plugs into your computer and then splits it out into whatever digital audio workstation you're using, like Audacity or Reaper or Pro Tools or whatnot. So So when you're looking at that interface, what mm-hmm. for the beginner, like what's yep. the basic input that you want to make sure you have if you're doing a vocal and a guitar and a keyboard. Sure, yeah. So most interfaces are like a two-channel or a four-channel interface, like when you're starting off. So, I mean, if you have a two-channel interface, just you plug in an XLR cable, which is like the little three-pronged cable, uh, one end from the microphone into the interface, and then either keyboard, a guitar, whatever you're playing into the other channel. And uh, most will have both like a microphone input option and a guitar cable input option. So that's, you know, you can mix and match those however you see fit. And then uh, that will go either USB or Thunderbolt into your computer, like out from the interface into the computer. And that's kind of how the signal is transduced from, you know, just an audio signal into electricity, then into data into the computer. Gotcha. Hopefully that. Hopefully this is all making sense. I'm kind of just diving head first into <laughs> it, but there's no, you know, if you look it up, honestly, like the internet is just your best friend in terms yeah. of learning stuff. And there's lots of interfaces that are pretty affordable and decent. Like when I'm doing the stuff at home, or like when I'm here, 
Because like what I do is I have a keyboard that is a MIDI controller with the laptop that I'm going to use or that I use, and it is controlling all the sounds inside of there. And then that runs to the interface that I have and runs from that interface into the interface that we use for the actual show. And that's just a little four channel interface that has both XLR for mics and then quarter inch stuff for, uh, you know, instruments and things like that. So, so, so really like when you're looking at different instruments and different microphones, um, you're pretty much just looking for the same stuff that you wanted to get for live performances or, uh, traditional studio recordings it's just you're going to be plugging it into something that has a usb connection yeah pretty much it's uh it, it kind of gets into like a weird kind of gray area when you start talking about gear just because there, like some people do make like studio versions of products which is kind of just like a stripped down version of things so that you can just use it just for midi or use it just for this thing or that thing and then they're kind of planning on you doing a lot to the sound later on uh, in your mixing process or whatever you're going to use it for. Uh, and then there's like live gear and it's just, it, this doesn't happen a whole lot, but you know, some live gear will have, you know, a lot more capabilities so that when you're playing, this is especially true in like keyboards and stuff, but like, so when you're playing, you know, you can kind of flip to things easy on the fly and there's a lot of things right at your fingertips. So I'm not really sure if that's a big thing anymore. I've been out of the... <laughs> Out of the keyboard game for a while. I mean, the so. keyboard that I use for live shows, not that we've done one of those in God, <laughs> a about a year. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the one I have looks really intimidating to most people because it's specifically a live instrument. So all the buttons and knobs and dials are right there. In, in uh, you know, right there. So if I'm playing live, I can just instantly switch something. But in the studio, it wouldn't matter. You could you know pause and change stuff and tweak things to your heart's desire. Um, sure. So studio stuff, you know, it, it it may also not be as tough because you know, like you're up on a stage, you're like stomping on a pedal or something, <laughs> versus being in a studio and yeah. just being much more nimble, right. throwing it in a case. Yeah, 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 exactly. Drinks on people it and aren't stuff. drunk and running around and being crazy. And not so usually on. during not bombarded usually. Bands. <laughs> yeah. So that's the special yeah. after hours bombarded. Yeah. Yeah. We've actually later. joked about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been a bombarded after dark. <laughs> That could, that could never happen. <laughs> it would, just it would be, be too out of control. A mess, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's, uh, but no, and, and kind of like what we were saying before, it's, you know, when you're buying your first keyboard and stuff or buying your first guitar or whatever, like definitely get something that's of quality so that it doesn't just break after a month. But you don't have to buy like the nicest thing that there is and think, oh, I'm a, you know keyboardist now or something it's like it's not the old adage of like you know charlie parker played a gig on a plastic saxophone mm. uh just well we won't say why but well yeah <laughs> sold he sold his other saxophone for drugs but you know he's had a gig to play and so he uh needed a saxophone his manager went to a pawn shop bought him a plastic saxophone he played an awesome gig and uh you know it's kind of that sort of mentality of like you know just practice a little bit every day and then as you start to feel your equipment start to kind of meet its limitations start upgrading and whatnot and that's kind of what i did with the studio too is like i started off with one interface and that was all that we had that we used and we're like okay now we're kind of running out of channels if we want to record the whole band together so let's get another one and like add on to it this one will be a little bit nicer and then 
at the same time, like building up the mic locker, which is just a term for like the mics that you have. So it's like, okay, I have these two mics, but I need like these two mics if I'm going to you know, record a drum set. So I have to get those two mics. And it. So what's the difference honestly, between the mics that you're referring to? Like your basic mic, like I personally right now have a Blue Yeti and this is yeah. like the podcasting starter, whatever. Sure. But yeah, the, um, um, so mics are like in all shapes, sizes, forms and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the three basic types are dynamic condenser and ribbon. Those are like the different kind of transducers. Uh, and transducer is like, um, well, like a microphone is a transducer. I'm getting like way off topic. I cannot, I'm about to start like the mic to monitor spiel, uh, which is really long and arduous. But uh, the basic concept no, of a microphone is that it takes yeah. the waveform from your whatever it's recording yeah. and it takes those vibrations and transfers it into an electric or a data signal of some sort. Which is wild. It's so awesome. It's like, man, that french guy that figured that out (laughs) bull yeah (laughs) uh anyways um so yeah like uh the diaphragm of the microphone is kind of you know what kind of characterizes a microphone um and that's like when you see like the head of a microphone or the grill of a microphone or whatever that's uh usually where the diaphragm is and so uh most microphones like in podcasting and you know the, the ones that we use and stuff are all dynamic microphones so that means that the diaphragm, which is just like a piece of metal, uh, whenever the sound hits it, it doesn't have anything to excite it other than just the air pressure hitting it. And then it like, uh, you know, vibrates and sends the signal down. A, well, it vibrates like a coil over a magnet and then sends the signal, you know, through the wires into the where, whatever you have. So um, we actually did a cool demonstration of kind of how simple microphones and speakers are in college where we made a speaker out of a paper plate and mm. some wire and a little tiny magnet. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's all that it is just really rudimentary and you could play music through it. And microphones and speakers are kind of the same thing, just in reverse. Like they kind of function and have the same functionalities as each other. Uh, there's actually an old trick where you can use this one type of Yamaha studio speaker. If you flip the, you know, the direction of the, I'm not sure what you would call it. The polarity, maybe <laughs> the signal, yeah, or whatever. So uh, I'm thinking of Batman, where he like uses the polarity oh. to like, jam that missile, or whatever. Uh, yes. uh, so no, uh, you can actually use a speaker as a microphone if you like switch around some stuff. So, uh, but yeah, so most microphones that you'll see are like medium to large diaphragm condenser. If you just think about like your normal microphone that a singer would hold, that's like a medium diaphragm microphone. Okay. And so what was your question? I'm like, way... Just all the different types. Oh, yeah. So that's one type. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then there's, a, then there's you know, large diaphragm microphones, which are usually like studio microphones and like the really expensive ones. And small di- diaphragm microphones kind of specialize in picking up higher frequencies a little bit better and they're like crisper and cleaner. Uh, but most of them are like medium, medium to large. And uh, it's, you know, I, I, I think... If you're just starting off, don't really worry about the diaphragm of the mic. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think also it's kind of like with all the other gear, you don't have to get some crazy microphone. Like one of the most popular microphones is by Shure. It's uh, the SM58 or the SM57. The 58 is usually for vocals. And it was Prince, right? 
wasn't it Prince that? Oh, just, I was using it in the studio. Yeah, yeah, Prince just sat in the control room and just sang into this microphone that cost what, like eighty bucks or something. Yeah. He didn't Not do it for like all some of the three thousand dollar yeah. microphone. Yeah, but yeah. like wow. he he did that. I mean, and uh, uh, Michael Jackson actually used the Shure SM7, which is like a I don't know two hundred bucks, two hundred something like that, yeah. three hundred bucks, something like that. He actually used that microphone for Thriller, and oh. I mean that's like the best-selling record of all time or did something pass it recently? Uh, i think it might have gotten pa- i mean but it's well know, in my heart it's still yeah the, yeah the, <laughs> you know uh and i mean radiohead uses the re uh the re20 Isn't which that is the mic you're talking into now yeah and you're yeah. talking into the sm7 yeah. oh boy oh boy uh and the re20 <laughs> is like that typical uh gray microphone that you see in like studios and radio broadcasts and stuff but has a really characteristic sound that you know producers and stuff call it like their secret weapon and everything just because it it can take a lot of uh dspl which is uh decibel sound pressure level and that's just like if you scream into microphone versus whisper that's like a difference in dspl of like how much vibration is hitting the microphone and how much air is hitting it so um it's it's really good at like handling a lot of that so for like people that do like screamo music or radiohead you know is very dynamic sometimes with you know how tom york sings and everything so they just like the way it sounds and if you get a good like preamp behind it and a good you know person that knows what they're doing mixing it it can sound just as good as a three thousand dollar microphone and and so yeah but so you you, you've kind of touched on that you don't need fancy gear you don't need uh, a lot of fancy you know interfaces stuff like that Mm -hmm. when it comes to computer gear though uh Do you need to have a top of the line, you know, uh, processor? I mean, do you need to go i7s? Do you need to spend uh, some serious money? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, i7s great. I mean, the i, I mean, we recorded with an i5 for a while. I mean, honestly, like these days, like if you just went to the store and bought a laptop, it can probably handle one microphone, like being talked at it. Hmm. I guess you could say, um, it's just because audio is compared to video, video it is, yeah it's, it is a fraction of the amount of process like it, you know power that you need it still takes up a lot of space and like wave files especially are notoriously huge and cumbersome but uh <laughs> but and, still small compared to right video files exactly so it's um it's kind of hard to say like for us like we definitely need a computer that can handle you know recording Jeez, how many tracks do we record at once? Uh, like four, probably about I, 12, I 12 s- or 16. Anyways, yeah, we record up, upwards of 12 like at once when we're recording Bombarded. So we definitely need a computer that can handle recording that at you know the sample rate that we're recording and not lock the computer up, which we actually ran into a lot in the early days and actually <laughs> still even recently. Yeah. So, uh, but I just upgraded our interface. So, because the interface I was using was from like 2009 something or something. Like that, yeah. And it's great. And it worked for forever. But now it's like, okay, like the poor thing is just like, I was, I was like uh, converting from Firewire 400 up to Thunderbolt 2. And it was just like, it was getting ooh, confused along the yeah, way. Yeah. Like bottlenecking that like processing that much i think it's just the computer was like i don't want to do this anymore you guys need to figure <laughs> figure stuff out and upgrade you can only mess. use so many adapters at once yeah it was getting sad so 
Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I'm not like a huge proponent of like upgrading. Com- like I've, I've never like built my own PC and I've always wanted to. Well, since we all use Macs, I mean, that's kind of a hard We're, thing to do yeah. in- anyways, yeah, you- and they're only making it harder to upgrade Macs on your own. So yeah. that's a whole different thing. Uh, kettle of fish, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, honestly, if you buy any Apple product like right now, you, I mean, it comes loaded with like GarageBand and I think you can get Logic and Logic's stuff. Logic's pretty cheap. I mean, Logic is what I do to compose all of the backing tracks for the show and what I play like when Randy's playing and, you know, stuff. It's all samples from from that. Yeah, like the oh um, yes and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and all the different, <laughs> you know, keys and stuff. And so honestly, I mean, for, you know, the keep the lap the laptop I'm using is probably three or four years old. And it, you know, it was pretty decent when I got it, but like, as far as like composing goes for the show, it's never been an issue. Um, I mean, and so, and I think as far as that kind of stuff goes, if you're just, uh, besides just processing power to handle recording, uh, if you're wanting to make songs and kind of from stuff in the computer itself, just having room for all of those samples, because <laughs> yes. samples, especially depending on how much money, and time and space you want to delve into, it can get pretty expensive and pretty big really, really uh, fast. So Well, and really, I actually, for all of our Bombarded stuff, uh, I actually record all of our sessions directly on a USB 3.0 hard drive. Oh. Um, just because for some reason, we, we use Pro Tools for all of our recording, and for some reason... Uh, Pro Tools just hates the Fusion Drive and Max, and so and I and I don't know why. And like I've talked and researched it, and people are just like, yeah, I don't know, it's weird. So it's, it's like, <laughs> I, I think it has to do with like where it's calling like the memory from. Like it gets scared of like Fusion Drives because it's like I don't know, like which one do I use? I can't tell or something. So I just run it. I run all the sessions off of a USB three drive, and it's been going great. So you could do that too if you have a you know a laptop that doesn't have a ton of space. Just get a good usb3 drive and run it off of that and it's so is that like several terabytes worth is that a solid state yeah. drive mm-hmm. yeah well and it's not even solid state it's still a, just a spinning drive so but yeah i think our drive is like two terabytes there's plenty of room on it yeah it's uh the computers kind of go nuts like it uh (laughs) it's kind of whatever you want to do i mean we used like a macbook from 2007 for years doing linby stuff like when we record our music uh geez that we probably stopped using it i don't know like after about a decade so yeah maybe a little maybe a little before that yeah but yeah yeah it it was around for like we ran that thing into the uh, ground we really did (laughs) So for like a new person who uh-huh. doesn't want to go out and spend all the money on the Pro Tools software, what yes. would be a good like entry level software to use? Is GarageBand okay? GarageBand is pretty decent for um what it is. I surprisingly mean, decent. Surpri- it's I mean, it's like, it's definitely gotten a lot yeah. better over the past few years. Um, and that's a great place to start because what's nice too is if you are a Mac person and you're using GarageBand. Um, basically GarageBand, if you spend 150 or 200, like 200 bucks, maybe will morph into logic. And basically it's just a fancier version of GarageBand and opens up a lot of stuff. So you can test the waters. They'll have a lot of samples still have, have like a lot of effects and tools and can record, you know, odd, you know, all, all the stuff that you want to. And then if you want to push that above and beyond, just have a more professional grade stuff. It's really not a gigantic leap. Yeah. 
Like, for instance, if you are familiar with us and, like, kind of know what we do and you listen to the Bards on Board episode that we did where we, like, recorded oh, yeah. in the car and everything. How yeah, did like, you we do rec- that? So, <laughs> that, yeah. That was a feat. Yeah. yeah, it was a feat. But it was all done in Logic. So um, we just had, like, Spurrier's four-channel recorder. And so we would record all the vocal bits using that. And then we would just do all of the instruments, MIDI, in Logic. And, oh, uh, wow. It's, it's kind of huh. scary, honestly, you know, being a musician and like, <laughs> like hearing how good the samples are. It's like, wow, all someone needs to know is how to play a keyboard. And well, and honestly, not even that. Not like, even there's that. some people that yeah. can just, you know, you just kind of draw it or type it in with a like, you know, keyboard that has letters. Like I know people that do that and make some amazing stuff. Um, and honestly, those samples, while great, really compared to what some of the pros use, like that's where it gets really scary. Yeah. Like, and now that's where you're talking about spending like thousands and thousands of dollars on these samples. But like, as a, you know, as an example of what's out there, there are choir samples now, again, on the really high How do you like thing. that Eric Whitaker one yeah. I sent you? God, where you can so, type uh... in what you want the choir to sing and in whatever language, you know, if you want it to be in German or French or English or whatever, and the right kind of diction and syntax and accent and stuff. And, you would be hard pressed to know that it wasn't a real choir singing it. So it's getting pretty wild. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, but no, back to your question, just get like Reaper or <laughs> Audacity. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Or if you do have Mac and it comes with GarageBand, GarageBand. you would be golden with that, as, yeah. especially as like a, um, you know, a good place to start. And if you have like, I know uh, a lot of people are designers and they have the Adobe suite uh, oh, sure. you can use Adobe. You can use Adobe Audition, which is great. I actually use Ad- uh, I actually use Audition oh, I at work. I always forget about that. Yeah, and it's a it's a great DAW. Like it does a lot. It has a lot of like noise suppression stuff that was surprisingly good because they uh, partnered with Isotope to do it. And Isotope is kind of like the leading name in like audio restoration and like getting rid of certain things. And I actually for the Bards on Board thing, uh, I used a lot of the Isotope stuff to like get rid of like the. <laughs> no, I couldn't get rid of all of it, but like of the road noise and like the <laughs> of like just being in the backseat of a car right. and yeah. recording on four microphones or well, really three microphones. Then. But still. But still, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, I actually, I used Reaper for a little bit uh, before I started using Audition. I've never used Audacity, but I know people who have and they're, they're fine with it. I think it probably has a little bit more idiosyncrasies than maybe some DAWs, but uh, Reaper was pretty good. Uh Audition's fine. We use Pro Tools just because that's what I've been using for years, and I'm the fastest and most proficient in it now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and honestly, it's it's a really good. It's 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 kind of like, I don't know. For me, it's it's kind of the best in handling like multi-track audio editing. Okay. And uh, and, yeah. I, and I like the way they structure their kind of mixer and with like plugins and stuff. And, and it I'm, does kind of depend on what you want to do it for, because like what I've noticed is that Pro is that Pro Tools in terms of MIDI oh, isn't always the best. And no. so if you're like very yeah. MIDI driven and want to do more stuff like that, something like Logic would be much more. Uh, apt, which is yeah. a big reason why I use it, because pretty much all the backing tracks on Bombarded are just me doing MIDI data and uh, samples. No, it's so. not. It's you just sitting back there with a violin yeah, and yeah. a harpsichord. <laughs> I wish I could play all tuba. that stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's a lot of information, but I'm really surprised that it's so like approachable to the hobby. Like, it, it, even if you don't have a ton of money, you could just get a basic microphone which yeah. I would assume a lot of people might even already have with the gaming out there. 
Yeah. Well, um, and honestly, uh, yeah, if you have a gaming headset, they're not the best in terms of microphones, but if you just want to record yourself and just kind of do test runs or yeah. whatever, because I think uh, like Justin McElroy, I watched a thing recently. He was like, okay, so you want to record a podcast, right? Okay. Record your first episode. Now delete it. Like it's, it's terrible. Like, like don't, don't put it out there. Like, trust me. I know you're proud of it. I know you love it, but just delete it right now. And it's like, so that, just do the same thing where you're, you know, yeah. get the gear, get the process started, go yeah, at just it, figure it out. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then like an editing too, is like a whole different can of not even worms, like can of worms and apples or something gravy i don't know yeah. like editing is another kind of like art form in itself that's just yeah, you know oh man it's definitely just, your it's, it's a skill that yeah. you have to build as you go tell me yeah, about it just, yeah, yeah just like you have to listen to shows and like you know find the pacing that you like and the show that has the pacing that you like that you want to kind of create with your show and uh you know it's it's special (laughs) no another way to put it i think personally for me when i was trying to figure out this whole like how to put audio even just to match it up and make it sound like you're not just a trash fire um yeah youtube tutorials for all of that like reaper is what i use and it's because i audacity ate our first episode so that was fun yeah <laughs> i i've just heard i've heard lots of stories about audacity just Insane. just like taking a dump on someone's project and it's just like yeah i've never really tried it not really interested in trying it either but i mean i i, I was kind of shopping around like at work because before like all the creative cloud licenses got handed out it was like okay well i have sessions i need to do and i need to do them remotely so what do i use so it was kind of my foray into yeah free DAWs and stuff and Reaper was definitely the most solid one that I found so but no big thanks I just a huge uh kudos to what you guys have done uh we like to kind of give our guests a chance to plug certain things do you have anything that you want to direct our listeners to you can go to bombardedcast.com bombardedcast.com or just look up bombarded wherever you get podcasts and we'll probably pop up but yeah musical dungeons and dragons we're all bards and it's super fun man playing the one game i have a dungeons and dragons having all bards i think i'm have to start listening to you guys i know kim's a huge fan so just a a little bit yeah (laughs) Well, and it's we try to like kind of go over some like aspects of music because you know it's kind of overwhelming sometimes when it's just like hey we're gonna make a song it's like well how what 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 all goes into it and stuff so we try to talk like some you know don't get too deep but you know kind of go over some basic music theory and like oh this is why this sounds like this and this is why we did that just here and there just like little tiny portions so that it's not like a music theory lesson tried and true well and we can also justify it as though the bards themselves are learning and then we suddenly have more skills that we can use right when 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 we write songs we kind of have to not that we're playing dumb but we're definitely holding off on certain things that we haven't quote unquote learned yet in the show well i remember a time back before i didn't know what a seventh chord was well yeah a good while prior (laughs) to the the podcast but yeah But I'm just saying, I you know, being no, 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 a, it's a, true, being a it's bard true. myself, you know, when I was like, oh, you can play in different meters, that's cool. Yeah, so I think it's, it's, so it's anyways, a nice way to share that. Yeah. Plus, you know, it's a D and D campaign with all bards, so things go go nuts, and <laughs> go off the rails often. Well, maybe I don't know. Kyle is the only one who truly knows how off the rails it's getting. 
Well, yeah. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, uh, that, that's that's amazing. I'm gonna go ahead. I don't need another podcast, but I have one now. So <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> Just like all the rest of us. All right, another podcast. Add to my fifty thousand podcasts. Yeah, but it's a good thing because it's you're yeah. never bored. You're never and exactly. you're never in want for something. That's very true. If you guys want to uh, find us a little more, we are uh, on a website at servicedeskpodcast.com. Uh, Facebook also at facebook.com slash servicedeskpodcast. Twitter at servicedeskpod. And if you want to submit a ticket, if you have a question, a suggestion for a topic or a smart aleck remark, you can go ahead and reach us at servicedeskpodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to the smart aleck remarks. That'll be great. Right. <laughs> I, I, I do too. There, you know, there's always some sort of help, I think, in those as well. You know, If you can go out and rate and review, give us some of those glorious, glorious stars. And, yeah. uh, that'll... and uh, leave us comments and share with your friends, please. Please, please, please. Hooray. <laughs> But I'm Andrew. I'm Kim. And, and we are your techie friends. friends.